Hello and thank you for joining me, Matt Spiro, on Le Bourgeois, the official Ligue 1 podcast. There may be no football at the moment, but we're continuing to bring you plenty of exclusive content, including this interview with the former Lille attacker Mile Stojovski. One of seven Australians to have played over here in France, Mille enjoyed some great times with Lille between 2000 and 2004, playing under Vahid Halilhodzic and then Claude Puel. And the ex-Socceroo was only too pleased to look back on those happy days with Robbie Thompson. Do take a moment to rate us on Spotify, Deezer, Apple or Google or whichever platform you're listening to us on. But above all, enjoy this in-depth chat between Robbie Thompson and Mile Sturjovski. Mile Sturjovski, one of the seven Australians to have played in Ligue 1. Quick, quick quiz, quiz question before we start, Mile. Can you name the others? And there are a couple of tricks in here because, well, okay, go. I'll let you go. Okay, Robbie Slater. Yep. Is one. Ned Zelich. Mm -hmm. Frank Farina. Yeah. And Nicky Carl. Ah, okay. That was one I wasn't sure you were going to get. Very good. We're good mates. So we were were there at the same time. So we used to catch up. Okay. Um, Who else would there be? Um, John Aloisi? No. Very close. Brother. Oh, Ross, Ross played one season at Lorient back in, okay. in the second division. And as far, as far as I can remember, there's one more who would have been a coach in the NSL when you were playing in the NSL. Is it Krinchevich? Yeah, well done. So I only knew him playing in Belgium. I didn't know he played in France. Yeah, one season. One season in France okay. with Mulhouse. Who are, okay. who are Mulhouse at making the news at the moment for this coronavirus. Okay, one of wow. the big, one of the big, well, big clusters here okay. in France. So there you go. Well done. You pass. You get your diploma Brilliant. in Australian football <laughs> history. <laughs> so, Mille, first of all, you just to retrace a little bit of your, your story quickly. Born and raised in Wollongong, which is, for those yeah. that don't know, it's a city um, just south of Sydney. It's almost well, becoming attached to Sydney, I guess, in the greater Sydney area, almost, would you, would you yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, that's and, fair to say. And, a, and a, a solid football hotbed in Australia as well, where a lot of, yeah. a lot of footballers have come from, a lot of future socceroos. Um, you then moved to Sydney, the big smoke, proper, yeah. and played for Sydney United, where you, yeah. that's where things really started to happen for you. I think we could say you made you made a couple of finals. You scored a lot of goals there. You you became yeah. an important player, and you were only a teenager. Yeah, I think uh, that's when it really kicked off. I would say maybe even just before then, when I went to the Australian Institute of Sport, I think that was a very important stage in my in my footballing career. Um, you know, I developed a lot while I was there, and then um, once I left and joined Sydney United and under the guidance of um, Dave Mitchell, you know gained a lot of game time and experience and, and was able to score quite a few goals, which was, which was great and helped me get overseas. Yep, exactly. Because then after a season at, at Parramatta Power, which was a new club created um, for just for a, cu- a couple of seasons in the end before it changed again, but then the call came from Europe. How did this move come about to come? Because your first overseas experience then is not... Um, not a usual one for an Australian, as we've just said. There are only six or seven that have played in, in France. You arrived as a young young man for your first experience uh, overseas at Lille. 
Yeah. So before then, I had a I had a, a couple. Well, I had a trial in Croatia actually at Dinamo Zagreb, and and they wanted to sign me, but um, it just didn't feel right for me. I think there's a few things that didn't sound right. It sounded a bit fishy, or you know, just didn't sit right with me. So I I said I didn't want to do that. Uh, I waited a bit, and then um, a trial at at Lille came about, and I. You know, I asked a bit about the club, and they'd just been promoted into Liga. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a coach called Vahid Halid Hodjic, um, and I think um, he liked my my tape, my videotapes, I guess, my highlights, um, and he invited me over for for a couple of weeks. I think it was originally, I think it was meant to be a one week trial, but I ended up staying for three weeks. Um, so I played I played a few games with the with the young team while I was there and scored goals and trained with the the first team and he, you know after a few weeks he eventually said yeah we want to sign you so the, the first year they signed me on loan with with the option to buy and um, I think I ended up uh, being sold for one point two million at at that time which was uh, wow, quite big yeah, I think absolutely from Parramatta and, yeah from Parramatta wow yeah. But um, I must say, to this day, it's probably the best feeling. You know, it's something that I always dreamed of. You know, to play in Europe and then finally for it to happen. And and there's no better place, than, I think, in my opinion, um, to to learn your to learn football. I think the culture in in France is is brilliant. You know, and the education you get is is second to none. Yeah, just arri- arriving. How old were you when you when you actually uh, got the deal? I was 21. Okay. So yeah. so so then after that experience in in Croatia and then come to France and you mentioned I wonder if the we know that coach Faid was a Yugoslavia international then actually played for Bosnia as well he yep. did he know that you were trialing in Zagreb or would he have had a few scouts over there that 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 because he brought over a cup he brought over Vida Ibezevic as well to to PSG who went and had a great career in in Germany. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure if if that was the case. I just know that my my agent at the time was was sending my highlights to quite a few um, contacts overseas and and I think um, maybe the the Balkan link maybe they thought it might work you know um, yeah. and he might give me a chance because of that and in the end you know it it, it kind of worked and. I was able to get that trial and impress him while I was there. The 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 culture shock. There must be. I think there's a culture shock for for an Australian who comes to France. But obviously, you had you were focused on football, and as you said, it was a a dream come true. But I think for a lot of people, there's a there's a culture shock when they meet Coach Vaid, as he's known here in France as well. He's a he's an interesting character as well. He's still going. He was at Nantes the last couple of well last season as well. Um, yeah. Still yeah. coaching, still being tough. How did you? How did you find him? Was he different to, to what you'd experienced before? He's he's got an amazing eccentric reputation almost. Yeah, he was he was a very hard manager, you know, very strong <laughs> discipline. Um, you know, I think he 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 got a lot of respect, you know, whenever he entered a room, everyone would be quiet, you know, that no one I'm gonna set a foot wrong. He had that that, <laughs> you know, personality about him and um but I must say, away from the group and in a one-on-one situation, he was a good man. You know, he had a good heart. He wanted yeah. to make sure that you know that I was okay and and you know settled in and all that sort of stuff. But in in a team environment, he he shows everyone who's boss. That's for sure. That first season was, would you say, on so many levels, 
a highlight of your career. You had a great season. The the team finished third, qualified for I guess the season after as well with Champions League wasn't too bad, and you played a, a lot as well. But those the fact that you'd come to Europe, that you were living, you know, the dream, that your career was 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 taking off, and and you were in a team that was so successful as well. hundred oh, percent. I think there's a, there's a number of reasons why I look at it, look back at it, and and think it was special. It was one I, I missed out on the the Australian Olympic team. You know, it was the Sydney Olympics, my hometown. Um, and you know, I I actually got asked to stay and be part of the train on squad, mm-hmm. which I declined because I had just signed for Lille. Yeah. Um, but my motivation was to to make it into the first team as quick as possible. Um, and then I think it was literally you know two or three months after after the Olympics, I, I got my first game and, and really didn't look back. So. Um, yeah, it was it was just an awesome season, and especially with the the team um, just being promoted into to Liga after I, I don't know how many years um, yeah, to finish third and qualify. Yeah, to finish third and qualify for Champions League was was enormous for for the club and for the town as well. The the fact that you were did you feel maybe not at at twenty one when you're a young player? It's a bit different to to the Robbie Slaters and Frank Farinas who'd already created a bit of a name for themselves in Belgium both of them before before coming to France. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that you were an Australian in France, that you had to prove something? Did you did you feel that uh, you know you weren't you weren't from a football country so much? hundred percent. You know, I think, you know, people like um, Harry Kuehl and, and Mark Duca kind of gave Australians a, a decent name, I guess. But mm-hmm. in France, you really, that doesn't, you know, speak for much. I think um, it took me, I would say, at least six months to, to gain a bit of respect. And um, I think, um, I think, yeah, just playing regularly and then scoring my first goal. Yeah. I think that kind of um, earned me a bit of respect. And, the way that I mean, you've lived there now for for quite a while, but for me, I realised that after one season, a whole season, I found out that four or five of my teammates actually spoke English. <laughs> I didn't really know that before. Now I knew there was one or two, but it took a whole season before they accepted me. You know, and, and I think that was because they wanted me to really learn French and give it a go, and um, you know, kind of uh, live live the French way. You know, they're very patriot, uh, patriotic that way. Well, I think it's funny because you, you say that because the French, they, they, they say that themselves, you know, while we're hopeless, we don't speak English. We don't, most of them speak quite good English. And it's not, maybe yeah, it's not maybe. at the le- level of, you know, Scandinavia or Germany, but, but they all have a good base of English and none of them will speak it at first. It, it's yeah. so true. But I think also exactly right. you're you're a nice guy, Mille. Some for someone who comes over with a big ego and is you know not a not an easy guy to get along with. It must be even worse. But surely you tried to speak a little bit of French, and you know you would have been doing your bit as well. Yeah, yeah, I tried, but like I'm the sort of guy I don't want to make mistakes, so I never yeah. would speak <laughs> French a lot until I kind of knew what I was saying. So for quite a while, I was kind of just a quiet guy, and I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't really um, speak much to me, you know. But um, as the confidence got better, I started to speak a bit more. But it was literally at the end of the season that's when a few of them come up to me and started speaking English. I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, this this would have been nice about five or six months ago. <laughs> I think uh, another. Another, another way to to introduce yourself to a new country is to to maybe score a double against PSG at home. 
You did that yeah. uh, in your first season as well. Tell us about that match and and how that all went because that was a a, a PSG side that was going through change but still had some incredible players. Yeah, it was. I think for me, I, thought, I mean, obviously I, I knew who PSG was, but being so young, I didn't realise how big of a team PSG was. You know, if if I was to play that game later on in my career, I think I'd be a lot more nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, but luckily, I wasn't that nervous, and and I was able to play a decent game, and um, you know, to score a double. I think I think a lot of the little fans still remember remember that game, and um, you know, it's in. For me, it's probably one one I'm always going to look back on and feel very proud about. Yeah, good stuff. Well, it's and when you see what PSG have become as well. Look, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily the same team, but PSG have always been that that big club in France. After that first yeah. season at at Lille, the second season is a, another one for you to full of new experience, and it's it's every footballer's dream of that Champions League music, isn't it? No, oh, definitely, you know, and it was only a few years before that that I, you know, Manchester United is the team that I I grew up loving, you know, and to, to have them in your Champions League group, you know, that was a dream come true. And, you know, going to Old Trafford and lining up in a tunnel with, you know, alongside people like um, David Beckham, Ryan Giggs, um, all these, you know, Roy Keane, it was an incredible feeling, you know, and, you know, like I said, only a few years before that, I was just watching these guys on TV. You know, and then all of a sudden, I'm I'm about to play these guys. So that was that was huge. And the Lille did exceptionally well. I think it's Beckham was a, a last minute goal at Old Trafford yeah. in your yeah, and in for your first ever game. Yeah, yeah, we I think we gained a lot of respect in that game. We we played really well, and um, like you said, it was last minute David Beckham goal. And then at home we we had a one all draw, but I really feel like we we should have won that game. Yeah, and then there were the, unfortunately it was a you were a bit of the draw specialist, which is something that often plays against sides in Europe. You drew twice twice with Depor as well, and that yeah. was an excellent Depor side with Tristan and Valeron. As yeah, well. They had some great Spanish internationals. Yeah, that was yeah. that was awesome to play against them. And you know, in a way, it was it was disappointed that we didn't go through to the next round. But we, we qualified as one of the better third place teams and and made the quarterfinals of the uh, Europa Cup yeah. uh, or the UEFA Cup. What I think it was yep, called. Yeah, UEFA Cup. Yeah. And we played Dortmund, um, and we had a one-all draw at home and a and a nil-all draw away. And the disappointing thing about it is that they, their goal was an offside goal. And if we had VAR, I think we would have gone through to, to the next round. Yeah, and lived that European yeah. dream. But as we were just talking about that before, Mille and I, as we were doing our Australian commiserations, World Cup commiseration <laughs> talk and saying that, you know, those calls, they, sometimes they, they go against you, which was the case there for Lil. At the end of that season... Um, it was change at the club as well at Lille because coach Vaid moved and was replaced by Claude Puel, who's another coach who's still going in French football. He's at Saint-Étienne at the moment. He's had a spell in England with mixed success, but he's had mixed success throughout his career. But I think he's someone who was also important for you, wasn't he, Mili? I mean, we, we had a bit of a, a rollercoaster in a relationship, I would, <laughs> I would call it. You know, I I really felt like when he first came to the club, he was. It felt like he was trying to obviously bring in his own players, his own thoughts, and try and get rid of as much of the old squad as as possible. 
you know so yeah that's how i felt and i felt like um, obviously the, i'm not sure how many games it was but for quite a while i wasn't playing under him and i really had to prove myself again um which i eventually ended up doing so um i ended up playing quite a bit of you know under him but I, I, when my contract was up i i really felt like i had to move on and um, as much as I loved the club, I feel like I had to move on and, and try something new. Okay, so the the two seasons under Claude Puel, they weren't as as good un, as under as Coach Vade in terms of results. The club, the club, yeah. I think finished fourteenth and tenth. Did yeah? I mean, what was that due to? Because we've seen Claude, and not to talk only about Claude Puel, but he he is someone that likes to bring in his own his own players, and and he also seems to have to to succeed best with with players that are that are young coming through that he can mold that he can that he can get to play his way is that is that fair that's definitely fair and you know what he was he was a great coach you know mm. i think if i look back at my time with him i think i was a bit um immature in a way um you know i, I think i because i had two successful seasons uh, under vahid i thought things should just come easily and um, you know, he was just trying to probably instill me that, you know, things aren't going to be easy. You have to work hard no matter what. And, you know, I think after leaving him, I, I really took that on wherever I went. You know, no matter okay. what happens, I work hard. So I've got to thank him for that, you know. And there's, he's obviously been a successful coach for a reason you now. Mm-hmm. He does instill that in his players and he gets them playing a certain way. So, you know, full credit to him for that. I have I have a number of quick fire questions for you coming up, but just uh, we've talked about what it is an Australian player in Europe. What about French players? And I know you're back in Australia. You're 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 going to be coaching, or well, in, involved in the the A League again soon. The with the new club coming in, what what do French players bring? And I know you you actually played with Mathieu Delpierre at Lille, who ended up playing in Australia for for a number of seasons. And that type of player. What do they bring? What does a French player bring when he travels to a, to, to somewhere like Australia? You know, I think any every player is different, you know, but uh, with Matthew, I kind of uh, helped him get to Australia and, and you know, um, I spoke to Kevin Musket at the time about him, but he's a t- type of person that not only a good player, a good leader, he's 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 a great person. He's a good mentor for the younger players and I think it's very important that when Australian clubs choose these foreigners to come to, to Australia, they've got to be great teachers and good role models for the young players. I think that's so important for for us to to build our players, to teach our players, to show them what it takes to, to get abroad, you know, because I think the goal is for each player to go abroad, abroad because, you know, the best football is played there and that's how we're going to mm-hmm. strengthen our national team. Yes, we want our league to be as, as good as possible and try and keep players here. But, you know, I think the goal for every player is wanting to, to get to the best leagues in the world. When you, people yeah. can, can help in, in, in that way. And the French, the, the French that, and you talked about coming through and being a young player in France, how good it is. What is it about that mentality, about that technique they learn from such a young age that, that seems to turn them into these players that can play? We see them in Germany, like Matthew Delpierre in, in Germany, but so many have succeeded in England, in Spain, uh, all over the world. In, in America, we see the good French players now as well. What is it about a French player that seems to make them such a sure bet? 
it's it's difficult to say. I just remember when I was playing in France in in the cup games that we played, we would play teams that were in the third or fourth division, right? Yeah. Um, and they were as difficult to play as teams that were in Liga. They were they were technically they were good. They were, structurally they were good. I think the difference is in Liga you get to spend a, a lot more money. And, and get those special players that can create something out of nothing, mm-hmm. you know. But I think from a very young age, they're taught good football, you know, from every division, every level. Um, and then, you know, they create a great mentality to go with it. I think that's what the difference is. They, they seem to, and this is looking from, from the outside, and perhaps you can share how, how you saw it, but I've been commentating French football now for 20 years, um, that... We have a, a, a few words which we say in French, which is bien en place, and it means well-structured. Yeah. That, that when you go into a game, a small team will not go into a game necessarily to win at all costs. They know that they're playing a certain team and they'll be looking to play for that, maybe to win it, but to steal it, but they'll be looking to play for that nil-nil for as long yeah. as they can uh, and then to maybe... Be hard, hard to beat. Yeah, yeah exactly. Did you did you see that for you as a forward player as well? I've heard stories about players that have to stick to their positions. They're not allowed no, to. Listen, I think <laughs> that was a success. That was a, that was the reason we were successful with Leo in the first few seasons. And uh, Vahid, he was very big on on defensive structure and making sure we were hard to beat and making mm-hmm. sure we were the fittest team in the league because we'll win games in the last few minutes. And I, I think that's very important. That and that's, I think I see that through through all French teams. Yeah, you know, they're always well organized and, and hard to beat. And I think, you know, they're they're developing a lot more attacking players as well, uh, who who can make a difference as well. Was that was that difficult for you, that idea of look, I'm a I'm a I'm an attacking player, I score I score goals and here I have to run channels, I have to get back and defend, I have to be the first defender? Were there yeah, moments it, when it you a, when you when it was reminded to you rather sternly by Coach Vaid? Yeah, you know, to be honest, like I was a quite disciplined player, so it wasn't too much. It was just the, I think the biggest thing for me is going to France. I, I was a striker for, in Australia when I they bought me as a as a striker, but I played as a midfielder. Mm. I think one yeah. of our players, our right winger, got injured, and because I was quite quick and, and decent on the ball, they put me on the wing, and that's where I remained for for my career at Lille. Um, and learning that position, you know, in, in Liga, that's, I think that was a hard thing, you know, because I had to get used to things quickly and the demand of a, and having to drop back and be disciplined that way. So that was a tough thing. But, um, you know, in terms of, of the actual work to be done, I, I, I enjoy that sort of stuff. It held you in good stead because, and this has to be said as well, you went on to become the first Australian side to play in the World Cup for 34 years, I think it was, since 1972. Um, I went to Germany as a, as a fan. It was, it was a spectacular tournament and so important for Australian football. Just very quickly, how, how was that experience? I know you played a, a couple of big games, that game against Croatia, which qualified Australia for the, for the second round. Incredible. Yeah, it was an ex- incredible experience, you know. And like I said, that's that's something that you know, as a kid, you you just dream about. And then, then for it to finally happen, 
you know, um, was special. And, and for me personally, um, it was extra special because I wasn't part of the qualifying. I didn't play that game uh, against Uruguay to qualify for, for the World Cup. I wasn't in the squad. So when they did qualify, I made it my goal to, you know, to work as hard as I can to play as many, as many minutes as I can to, to make the final squad. And, um, you know, and, and I thought to myself, I just want to make the squad, then I'll be happy. But once I made the squad, I thought, Man, I'm, I'm not happy with this. I need to, you know, I need to work to get into the team and to, to play as many games as I can. And fortunately enough, I, I played three out of the four. So it was, it was an awesome experience. And, you know, maybe, you know, people say we're unlucky not to go through uh, against Italy, but when, when you look at it, they played with a man down for most of the game and we yeah. couldn't break them down. So it was, you know, in my opinion, it was, it was kind of fair. <laughs> Okay, that's it for for the for the nice interview. Now we're going to put you in the on the spot because I've been looking okay. through your squad at at Lille over four seasons. You played with some incredible players, and there are even well, I can think of one immediately. Looking at it, Dante, who's still playing, he's captain of Nice these days. He's thirty seven years of age. He arrived just as just as you were leaving, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I think we were together for a few months. He was a young kid at the time. Um, I think I was how old? I was about twenty-four. Yeah, and he was. He would have been about what twenty, twenty-one, something like that. Um, great guy. He ended up taking my apartment when I left from memory. Um, <laughs> you know, he's the sort of player that would love to to bring to Australia if he's if he's still running fit. How's he looking? Yeah, no, he looks very good, very good, very organised. I think he's just as important off the pitch as he is on it, but he's still playing every match for Nice. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. slip him and a he message. Seems, <laughs> yeah, he seems like a great guy. You know, from memory, he was a really nice guy. He is, but yeah, you also see that he's very tough on the pitch. In the in the challenge, he's yeah. still uh, he's not a nice guy on the pitch. There's another one who's very tough in a challenge that you played with, Matthew Debushi, who's still going. Now at Saint Etienne, and he was one just emerging, coming through the ranks as well. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a good player. Even even then, he was young, but he was he was a great player. You know, he was. He ended up going to England. I think uh, what he played for Arsenal. Was yeah, that right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, after that. Yeah, great player. And I think he was a product of the Lille Academy. Yeah, and that's an, yeah. another thing. You were at a place that brings through a lot of of young players as well. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cheroux well. you mentioned, Bruno Bruno Cheroux, he was he was yeah, one Bruno, that came through. Yeah, and Benoit. Yeah, we, we still keep in touch a, a bit. Okay, because yeah. he played in America, didn't he? Benoit went off to. He played for he played in in Canada. Yeah, I think. For yeah, Toronto. Canada. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. MLS. Yeah. Okay, are we yeah, ready? So Millet, for okay. your just and we're not talking about all your your career in Basel or or in England or or in Australia, just. In France, these four seasons, what was your best football match? My best football match, it would have to be the game against PSG, where I scored the double. With a and even got a header, I think, if memory serves me correctly. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what was your What was your worst moment in France? Worst moment? Oh, in worst moment. I can't think of a worse moment. Maybe when when Puel came in and I, I think it was roughly about ten matches. I I wasn't playing. I was out of the squad. That's when uh, that's that was probably my toughest time in France. Yeah. Okay. Who was your best mate, and not not most skillful teammate, but your your best mate during your time at Lille? 
Ooh, I had a few, but I would say the, the, the closest one would be Nickelbeck. Yeah, who was at the start, yeah, or he was there yeah, when you arrived. Was, yeah, two two years. Yeah, we we, we kind of arrived at the same time, um, and also Silvan Endia, who's who lives in Spain now in Valencia, but we keep in touch regularly. Okay, he he got a, a, a yeah. couple of important goals for Lille during that time as well. I think. I'm yeah, he think. did. Yeah, he yeah. ended up uh, playing playing for Senegal in the 2002 World Cup. I think he was in the squad. Yeah, he's a great guy. Okay. Who was your yeah, most skillful right. teammate? The best, the best player you played with? In Lille, I think and it was only for a short time, but I would say it was uh, Milenko Chimovic. Ah, yes. So he arrived your he last season, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's a great player. Okay, very good. Um, the craziest teammate? Craziest would be Eric Alibert, who was a goalkeeper in the first season or two, and then what, he left. What was, was so out. crazy about him? I oh, just had. To, I think he was like a party animal. He loved uh, loves going out. He he's. He, I think he was a bit of a DJ. He just looked crazy every time I saw him. He just looked like he'd been partying. <laughs> as a as a, a, a midfielder or or attacking player, no, he was a goalkeeper. No, no, for my next question. I've already moved on. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> sorry. As, as, as for you, an attacking, an, an attacking player, who was your, the yeah. nastiest defender you were up against? Probably uh, were there any nasty left backs or did you get up against any centre backs who you thought, oh, we're then, in for a tough night? Yeah. There was a player who played for Bastia, um, Mendy. I don't remember his first name. Um, but he was tough. Every time we played there, when there was corners, he'd grab me around the neck. He would squeeze. He'd do it in front of the referee, and they were, they were allowed to get away with it. You know what it's like there. It's it's a bit crazy. Yeah. Um, he was probably the the toughest defender, and um, in those terms. But the hardest player to play against would have been Patrice Evra when he was playing at Monaco. Oh yeah, he up was against a very him. Good yeah. Yeah. He and was who? Very good. Who uh, I know, and I just I had a look at your your highlights reel against uh, PSG. Those two goals, Nicholas Anelka was in that side. Who do you think was was the best player you came up against? That PSG side had Ronaldinho as well at that at the time when yeah. you were when you were there. Who was the best player you played against? Yeah, it would be Ronaldinho. I think he was kind of reaching his peak at that time. It was just before he went to Barcelona and he was just incredible to, to play against. Some of the things he did and the speed he did things at was was incredible. It's definitely him. Who um who's a player that you got along with well but you've lost contact with that you'd like to like to well you could see yourself catching up again to talk about old times? Oh, who would that be? Um from my, I don't know, from my little team, maybe uh, Jason Boutoil. He's somebody that we've lost touch with. He was, I think he was the captain when I first got there. Um, and we kind of got along pretty well by the end of my time. And yeah, we've lost, lost touch. I, since I left, I haven't really seen what he's done or where he's been. Okay. I'm just going to have a quick look at him here. After Lille, he played for Amiens and then Calais mm-hmm. for a... And then coached. He's coaching at the moment. He's coaching a Graveline team up north still, still in that area because he's a local boy from 
from around there. Yeah, still okay. still coaching in uh, amateur football, but still involved in the game. Might have to look him up next time I come to Lille. Absolutely, and look me up too, Mille. Yeah. When you come in, yeah, when you fly sure. into Paris. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you very much for your time. Appreciate Man. it. And good luck with uh, your new adventure next season in the, the A-League. Hopefully when we all get through this lockdown and the football can start again. No, nah, no problem at all, Robbie. Thanks for having me, mate.